Hey everyone, Kristen Sinanta Walker here. We're doing an Empowered Empaths. It's been a while. I've got Melanie Van with me. Hey, Melanie. Hey, Kristen. All right, this is exciting because we've stored up a lot of good information. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about how important self-care is for empaths and also how um, having strong boundaries and holding strong boundaries is imperative for an empath, right? Exactly. No other way. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, have to strike that balance. You just have to. And ask, answer this for me, Melanie, in your opinion, why is it so important for, um, for, or why is it such a hard thing for empaths to hold strong boundaries? Because we put others first, <laughs> because right. we're most comfortable when everyone else is comfortable. And so we immediately put others before ourselves. Um, and then you continue to do that. And sooner or later, things kind of get off balance. If you can kind of imagine, um, you know, uh, like a Libra weight, the, the sign for a Libra, what do you call those scales? scales do you know what yeah. those scales are called? If you have scales, then eventually it just gets really off kilter and you'll start to feel that. And as an empath, that may feel like, um, being t tired all the time. Even after you wake up in the morning, you still don't feel rested. You may be, um, easily anxious, easily agitated. Um, you just generally feel drained. Um, you may not feel like going out. You may not be as social as you normally are. So these are all things that your body may be trying to tell you when you're not having good boundaries in your relationships, basically. So I would imagine every empath out there has had that feeling. Um, and, and this is just you know, being an empath is not, quote, the natural way to live in the world. And I think oftentimes we this makes it worse because we feel different um, right. or we feel weak because right. we're not able to, you know, kind of swallow things or let things roll off our backs like most people are. Or But what we don't realize is that not just not everyone lives on that same frequency as we do. And for being an empath to be a gift and for you to be able to help as many people as you can, which is what empaths really are all about is, you know, changing the world and, and making things better and helping people be more self-aware and bringing joy into people's lives. You have to practice that self-care first or you're just, you're rendered helpless. You won't be able to do anything for anyone if you're constantly putting others before yourself. So true. And you have to look for your gotchas and every gotcha is unique to each person. So I'm calling myself out here with some of my gotchas. I'm a workaholic. <laughs> I will bury myself. I have, I have escaped, you know, some people, you know, uh, escape into school, getting the best grades possible and, you know, always being a good student. And, and that's, and that's a great thing. And it can also turn into a crutch and an escape. And for me, where I got my self-esteem and my, you know, attaboys and or girls and all that stuff was work, 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 work. And I will, um, even, you know, in starting this network, I will bury myself so much in work that I stop minding the store. I stop minding the store of my business to a certain degree, and I stop minding the store of myself personally, and I let things slide. I let, I make promises to people. 
um, that I keep, but they don't keep their end of the bargain. Mm -hmm. I will forgive and forgive and forgive people and not hold them accountable for making horrible mistakes uh, just because, oh, they're having a mental health problem or, oh, they're, you know, they're having a hard time or whatever. And, you know, once or twice, that's okay because you're a human being, but I let it ride forever. Like, I, th I thought this was funny the other day. It's great to go back to the people that have known you over decades. So I have a, a few of those people in my life and I can go back. I went back to a friend of mine whose uh, former husband used to work with me and we were laughing about the fact I've known her for about 16, 17 years. I, I, we were laughing about the fact that the longest job that this guy has ever held was with me and he held it for seven years and the most money he ever made was with me. And that's not funny because what that means is I put up with horrendous, horrendous and horrific behavior from him and abuse. And I paid for it with a lot of money longer than anyone else would have put up with him. That's not a compliment to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I think oftentimes in paths, can really get that concept backwards because we yep. think that we're the only ones that might be able to help someone. We're the oh, only yeah. ones that sees the good in this person and this, that, and the other. And that's fine. That's fine. That's a lovely trait to have, but you have to have relationships with those people with boundaries or they're constantly going to take advantage of you. I mean, we just had someone reply on one of our, um, post on social media. And I just want to remind everyone, since we're talking about boundaries, when you start putting up boundaries with the people in your life, and you've been a person that lives with no boundaries, people are going to get mad. They're oh, going to yeah. get upset. They're going to accuse you of being a bad friend, a bad spouse, a bad, you know, bad family member, bad sister, <laughs> whatever relationship coworker you have with the other person. When you start putting up boundaries, you're going to accuse, you're going to be accused of being, you know, selfish or hateful or, or whatever, because you've, you know, or these people are absolutely because you attract people empaths attract people that want to take because you give, 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 give. Yes. Um, and there's really, and that's the thing. You can't keep giving if you're never replenishing your stock. So you can't, if your piggy bank isn't filled, then, then you can't continue to give to others. And you really have to think about what is it, you know, is this a wise choice to give to this person? Is this a reciprocal relationship? And it's not always going to be that way. It's fine to reach out a hand to someone that maybe no one else will anymore. That's yes. fine. But you have to understand and have self-awareness of what you're doing. You have to be able to accept the consequences of what could occur. And I mean, it really can go two ways. You That person will either be grateful and they will work hard and they'll move forward and your kindness will make a huge difference in their lives or they'll continue treating you the same way. And that's when you maybe read, you know, rethink the relationship and, and reconsider what you're doing. There's nothing wrong with extending a hand to people that have had hard times or, or may have made mistakes. But as the relationship continues, you have to look at, are they making changes? Are they taking, yeah. you know, are they taking advantage of your kindness 
or are they taking your kindness, being grateful and making changes in their lives? And that's the thing that narcissists, you know, narcissists do with empaths. And it's a, and it's a hard thing for, for an empath to cut a relationship off because, you know, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or it's just so uncomfortable for us to have boundaries. And that's the bottom line. So if you can, yes, if you evaluate in yourself, why am I uncomfortable having boundaries what, and really examine that, then I think that's when your healthier boundaries start to come. Make sense? And, and this, it does. It does. And it, and, and we're not saying all empaths suffer from this. If you're, if you were born an empath and you had, you know, parents who taught you healthy boundaries and uh, codependency was at a minimum and you had a great childhood and so on. Well, then, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have an easier time of it being what can be a difficult challenge. It's still going to have its difficulties for you because being an empath is, is, um, you know, that extremely sensitive human being. Um, but you, you know, it, you're not going to have as many, um, challenges as those of us who were raised in rampant narcissism in the family, um, child abuse, our boundaries, our boundaries, we were not allowed to have them. Not only were we not shown proper boundaries, healthy boundaries, our boundaries were actually trampled and they just were completely decimated. And that takes a lifetime of work and hits an empath a lot harder than it does someone who isn't an empath. Um, and remember, there's that choice that, you know, that choice point of moving towards narcissism or moving towards um, being an empath. And there's all kinds of debate around, you know, what makes that happen. And we're not here to debate that today. But the big piece is, it's okay to learn this on the journey. There are things that I am learning at 48 about having boundaries um, that I'm grateful that I learn that I'm learning now and I'm practicing those things now. And the biggest um, pitfall that I could make at this step in the journey is to shame myself every time I go, damn it, I'm doing it again. I'm letting yet another person, uh, I'm paying them too much or I'm letting them stay on with me and what I do for a career or as a friendship or whatever after this is now the 30th time that they've crossed a boundary with me and this because I feel sorry for them that they're struggling with mental illness or what have you and 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 yet I can see that there's no measured progress on their part they keep going back to square one with their behavior there's no improvement and I can't get better and be better with my own boundaries. If I then throw all this shame on myself for why didn't I see this? Just forget that. Like take the shame and throw it out the window. It offers you nothing. And, and it's part, it's kind of a crutch. There's another thing I'll call myself out on. I will use that and have used that as a crutch to keep myself continuing to let people walk over me. Well, I think a lot of times there's, there's all sorts of things that have popped in my mind. So I'm, I'm going to try to remember them all. A lot of times I think we go to shame because shame is more comfortable than hurt. That's been our go-to for so long. So it's easier to beat ourselves up than to feel the actual heartache of people taking advantage of probably because some core wound of your boundaries being crossed as a child because you are an empath and it felt extra to you. It yes. felt extra hurtful. 
then it hasn't been healed. So you're you're just more likely to, to hit the shame button than to really look at or maybe look at the anger because you've got repressed anger or or whatever it may be. You know, our, our psyches are complicated. So that's one thing I wanted to say. Another thing I wanted to say is, <clears throat> you know, think about families that you know, and everyone understands family dynamics. Think about a family you may know, and you they may have had parents that did not respect their children's boundaries. They have one child that ends up being crushed that may have been an empath and they end up acting out or they end up with an eating disorder or they end up with some type of substance abuse something substance yeah. abuse something but then you have another child that's not an empath and they turned out kind of okay they might have some you know unhealthy patterns um, but it hasn't affected their life like others. So this this does affect people differently. So that just makes me think of as parents, we really have to be aware of who our children are. You know, I think I've said this on the show before. I've had friends that, you know, send send one kid to private school, send one kid to uh, public school, and the other one they're homeschooling. You know, it every every child's different, and I really feel like right. part of being a good parent is understanding what your child's emotional needs are. Um, that's your job as your parent, and you're not going to be able to just you know, pigeonhole every the, the every child with the same type of behavior. Now, that's going to require a lot of effort on your part. But if you that's really want to nurture, exactly, it's your job. And, and if and if you want to, you know, find ways to nurture your children's independence and nurture their core selves, then that then that's what, you know, you you kind of need to do as as a parent is, is figure those things out or even, you know, it was siblings or relationships anything like that. Everyone's different. So, I mean, it just, everyone responds differently. So one empath, and we talk about boundaries a lot and lack thereof, but I think one thing that happens sometimes with empaths is that you put up walls. So instead yeah. of being a person that has no boundaries, you become a person that allows nothing into your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You allow, you allow no one um, you're somewhat perfection, perfectionistic with your standards. Um, you know, if this doesn't go right one way, then there's just, then it's time to move on. So I think this can go both ways. So I hope that really speaks to empaths that might be listening is that it's not always that you have a lack of boundaries. Sometimes it's that, you know, you've built Fort Knox around you and you become lonely and depressed because your boundaries were so crossed that you just don't let anyone in. And when you do let someone in, as soon as you're disappointed, you immediately put those boundaries up again and you just become right. lonely and bitter and depressed because we all need relationship. Um, so it, it you just become too particular about who you let into your life. You may have social anxiety, um, all those types of things. So it, it I think it can go both ways. And I think that's something we've we've really failed to address on the show. We're always talking about boundaries and lack thereof, but I, I do think it can go the other way sometimes. I agree. Maybe we should call the show boundaries or wall of Fort Knox. Exactly. <laughs> because there's such a difference. Boundaries are fluid. They're, they're, they're very fluid. Um, yes. Sometimes you need, if, if you've really been hurt or you really have a life lesson that's been thrown at you and, and, and think about it this way we're always going to be learning this. So the thing that I will get on my case about is I'll start to feel insecure that, oh, somebody saw my underbelly. 
somebody saw some things, a wound of mine or a behavior of mine that, that I don't really like. And I've been blind to, or blinded myself to for some reason, as if I am supposed to have everything all figured out. And that is just so unrealistic and so completely unfair. I was raised by a exceedingly perfectionistic parents. So of course that, that would be there. If I was raised by people that were like, Hey, you know, you're a human being, humans make mistakes. You'll be making mistakes all the way to the grave. It would have been a different experience for me. I wouldn't have these unrealistic expectations. So I think remembering that on this journey towards learning what boundaries are, as opposed to walls, it's, you have to remember that sometimes you are going to have walls and, um, well, maybe that's not even put the right way. Sometimes your boundaries are going to be like a wall, like Fort Knox. And that's there for a reason. There's something for you to learn from that. And then they'll become more fluid again as you've learned the lesson. And all that is, is extreme self-care. That's how I look at it right now in my life. It's much more fluid for me with boundaries and how I measure it, the, the spectrum for myself, which could be something that you listeners relate to or not. But for me, it's the length of time that I allow something to continue to go on that my gut has been telling me is not good. And that length of time and the degree of um, acrimony, the degree of hysteria or anger or whatever, my own and the other person's or the situation, how high volume is the situation. So I know that I'm improving if, as I continue to say no to people, there's less anger coming from those people. I manage my own much better. I don't stay angry as long. And the relationship, if that person doesn't stay in my life as long as the time as they have, uh, as other people have, and or the relationship stays in my life and we have an uncomfortable conversation, but we still love each other after it and we move on from a better place. So look at your own patterns. Are you seeing progress in your life or are you running into the same type of person or the same type of situation? They just have a different face and the situation seems different on the outside, but the feelings are the same. How long do you stick in it before you get out and how peaceful is the exit or the change? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. A, a healthy relationship. And I think maybe I posted something yesterday on our on our social media about a, a loving response to know is is love. Um, but if someone doesn't respond to your no or your boundary in a positive way, then that's not really love. You need to be able to say no. You need to be able to have boundaries. And if the person you're having the boundary with respects you and respects that boundary, then that's an indication of a healthy relationship. If you're trying to put up boundaries with someone and they don't respect it, or they still want to continue, or they get angry at you for saying no or for having a boundary, you really need to look at that relationship. You need to be able to talk to people about when your boundaries have been crossed. And no one can decide what your boundaries should be but you. That's your choice. And you're, you're not going to have the same boundaries as everyone else. That's really, that's where yeah. self-awareness comes in. And you need to understand what you're comfortable with. Because generally, as an empath, you're going to be comfortable with more than someone that's not an empath. 
because in the exact same situation, the exact same behavior on someone else's part is going to affect you differently than it would someone that's not an empath and just doesn't live on that same energy level um, as you do and just isn't as sensitive as you are. So I think what it boils down to is an awareness of behavior of others. And I can't say that enough. It's behavior. It's not what someone says to you. It's not what someone is trying to gaslight you into thinking. Mm. If someone behavior, if someone's behavior tells you that they're not a safe person, that are not a safe person. I think it's very simple. It's just that we're so gaslighted as a society and in relationships that we constantly question. Generally, it's very simple. Absolutely. Someone's behavior tells you exactly how they feel about you, what type of person they are. Everyone makes mistakes, but generally it's behavior. If, If you're allowing bad behavior in relationships, then the relationship is never going to be healthy. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, say someone does something that crosses a boundary or hurts your feelings, or it's just not a kind thing for them to do. And you, and you know it and you felt it and it hurt your feelings or it crossed a boundary. But when you confront the person, they say, oh, you're being too sensitive, or I didn't do that, or no, you're not seeing that correctly. Well, they want to yes, argue I am. with you, like, <laughs> yes. like they're in divorce court arguing over something just ridiculous right. instead right. of acknowledging that, gosh, yeah. they might be wrong. <laughs> yes, people need to acknowledge behavior, and then the behavior needs to change. That's what healthy relationships are about, because we all make mistakes in relationships. We all do things and behave in ways that are hurtful to others. We all do that. But it's, but it's how you respond and how you can discuss these types of things. Is there accountability? Will they admit that the way they behaved is wrong? Okay. Say so they do admit the way they behave was wrong, but then they do nothing to change it. They continue right. to behave in the same way. That's a relationship you need to think about um, be, because that's how relationships grow. That's how intimacy grows is if you can work through each other's mistakes together. That, right. That's what healthy communication is about in relationships. And if you can work through them, great. But if the both of you are, can't come to any type of accountability or can't speak in truth about what's really happening, and it's just not fair for someone to behave in a certain way and then just say, well, that's the way I am and I shouldn't have to change. Oh my gosh. If you how, hear how that statement, oh my gosh, from? yeah. Anybody you hear that from, you need to be careful. Um, oh, because yeah, we, <laughs> you and I use as an excuse. Now, if you say it yeah. about yourself, it's different, but if that is an excuse to a behavior that has hurt your feelings, you really need to examine what's going on. Cause that is not any type of statement of accountability. Well, that's just who I am. It's who I've always been. Uh-uh. No, we're not supposed to stay the same our entire life. We're supposed to be better and get better and learn from our mistakes. And there's, it's, it's, there's no excuse for it. There's a real lack of emotional maturity and someone that refuses to change negative behavior. And, and we have a perfect example of this. So Melanie and I were on a phone call with two people that we just met uh, virtually and we're starting up a, a project with. And one of them seemed like they're a highly empathic 
person, but very susceptible to manipulation. And they brought in their guard, their bulldog. Why they felt they needed a bulldog on their team was kind of bizarre. I've been in that situation too, where I felt like I needed security. And then I realized I don't need security. I'm my own security. I can Mm -hmm. stand up for myself. But anyway, so this person gets on the phone and was so rude. We just met them. So rude, accusatory, uh, horrific behavior. And And their excuse was, well, listen, I'm from New York. So, you know, this is how we are. So just, you're just gonna have to deal with it. And my response to that just flew out of my mouth was, there is no excuse for behaving like a deplorable and rude human being. And and what happened out of that was, of course, we elected not to work with these people. And boy, they didn't want to work with us because you do not stand up to narcissists. And we found, gosh, there's a whole Wikipedia article about the sociopathy of the person that was the bulldog. Um, So we went, wow, glad we, we dodged a bullet there. And then the other person being under the influence of the sociopath Um, turned around and every invitation that um, I had gone overboard to give them in, you know, the podcasting world and in the business world, they turned around and told everyone I was a narcissist. And I thought, how rude is that? But you know what? And it hurt my feelings. But you know what? Today, I don't care if someone's going to call me that because I stand up for myself and say no to deplorable behavior, have at it because you are the one with the problem not me. And I think that many, many an empath, we feel guilty for saying no. We feel like we're a bad person for saying no. We feel like, especially if you're female, we're raised, we're trained by society that you're not supposed to have a voice. You're not supposed to stand up for yourself. You're not supposed to hold fast and have boundaries. And that, I can tell you right now, kick that shit to the curb because that is not reality. You will have more love in your life. You will have more success. You will have more happiness. The better you are at being your own advocate for your own self-care. Well, uh, and that speaks to you end up surrounding yourself with people that care about you and are going to lift you up instead of being surrounded by people that are going to suck you dry and take advantage of you all the time. So this is really about where, because I, we've all known people that are so gifted and so talented and so bright, but they just never make it. And I think part of the reason is because they just, they refuse to have boundaries. They don't know how it's uncomfortable and they just, they end up not having the success they could have because they don't know how to surround themselves with people that will lift them up instead of people that are just going to take from them all the time. Um, And this doesn't mean that you're not nice. Um, you can be one of the nicest people in the world. You can be kind if you have and still have boundaries. I mean, those things can go hand in hand. And, you know, you brought up the whole the female, the, the female aspect of this. But I think on the other side of it, a lot of time males are not allowed to not have to have weaker boundaries because then yes. they're seen as being wimps yes. um, or they're made fun of by other males and females. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I, I had a, a, a colleague one time that just thought it was just the wimpiest thing for a male to cry, you know, like be a man. Um, and I just thought that was so sad. Uh, You know, that's not allowing a male to have feelings and to show pain and to show it visibly with tears. 
Um, it was just, it was very immature. Um, I, I thought, and I just didn't, obviously it was just, you know, an upbringing issue, I guess, but I think it can work both ways. I don't, I think sometimes males are scared to have looser yes. boundaries because they're seen as being weak or seen as being a pushover. And that just goes back to your, the, the roles, those quintessential roles that we expect as a society for women to have and, and for, and for men to have. So I agree. Um, and I yeah. I don't think we're ever, we are never saying on this show, this particular show, Empowered Empaths, never are we in, um, in any way saying that empaths are, be are better quality of a person. Absolutely no. not. I mean, no. No, no way. We just, there is a level of sensitivity that's there that can make things more challenging for us, especially if we have early childhood abuse, early childhood trauma. So the show is about, you know, how to empower you out of that uh, or, or into that, um, you know, and, and make the most of yourself and what is actually a gift. Being highly sensitive is a gift. There are things that we are supposed to do with those gifts uh, in the world, just like people that are not as sensitive have their gifts. So, um, you know, the only thing I'd say um <laughs> in the narcissistic personality disorder direction is, yeah, they have gifts too. They definitely have gifts to bring um, to this world. I'd say the biggest gift that they have is teaching empaths who will take the lesson and freaking learn it, how to have better boundaries and how to say no and figuring out where our wounds and our gotchas are so that we build up wonderful toolkits that you carry around with you for the rest of your life so that other toxic people can't get in or if they get in you get them out way faster than you ever have before and with less carnage yeah i think i mean i think that speaks to and maybe this is something that i haven't talked about on any of the empowered empath shows but when we talk about an empath and we talk about someone that's not an empath i don't think it's a matter of saying when we talk about someone being sensitive, okay, so you have an empath in the situation and you have a non-empath in the situation. So we can equate this to like neurotypical or not neurotypical. You know, we hear that term all the time in the autism world. So you have two right. different people experiencing the exact same situation. The non-empathic person experiences exactly the way that the empath does. It just affects the empath more. Right. It, it just affects you more. So they may have just as much empathy on the surface and are able to feel and have empathy for the for the situation, but they're just not as affected. They, they don't have all this emotional attachment. They're not getting this extra sensitivity. They don't have those extra neurons that highly sensitive people sensitive people have that make this make them experience it in, a, in this more powerful way. So we're not saying that everyone's not an empath is not a sensitive person. That's right. not what we're saying. I think exactly. that that that's that can be very misleading. It's just that an empath experiences a situation differently because you are more sensitive and you kind of live on this different energy level. I love the non-empaths in my life. Same oh my here. gosh. I've talked about this before. Like I, I, I get sick of myself. Like you and I in the same house is bad sometimes, you know, because we're just like, 
we can't get we can't get out of the empathy world because that's just where we live. So we need yeah. someone that can come in and just be light and fun and not be so serious and and look at like Michael, like you can call your ex-husband and just and he can just say something in one sentence and you're just like, oh, yeah, check us into reality here. Yeah, um, because sometimes that's just not where we live. And there's a lot yeah. of things that we can unearth because of that. There's a lot of help we can give others because of that. But <laughs> I, I, you know, like I don't you ever see my right in it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So I, like I said, I, I love, you know, the non empaths in my life that can, that can respond to things differently and help me be able to kind of move forward and check out um, of that place that sometimes can feel really heavy. So it's just, it's learning how to manage your, your empathness. You really have to learn how to manage that. And it's, and it's tough. And I do think that empaths have to work harder at the management than a non-empath. Yes. So I therefore, agree. I just feel like this, there's more emotional energy for us that we're constantly exposing just to survive in the world, whereas a non-empath just kind of works right through it and can move on. And they don't have all that emotional attachment to it than that, that an empath does. So it, it just makes it just makes things different and you have to learn how to manage it. And when you learn how to manage it, it can be wonderful. Um, oh, it is. It, it's, it's, it's a hard road to navigate. It, it's just a it's learning about who you are, respecting who you are and understanding how to create an environment that is right for you. And only you can decide that. Basically. Exactly. Exactly. And it's it's wonderful to be in relationships with other people and not, and maybe have your feelings hurt or um, not understanding something they've said or where they were coming from at, at the moment. And instead of going to a high conflict zone in your mind mm -hmm. about those things, like you said, you know, there are people in my life that are not empaths. They're very sensitive people. They don't go to that place mm -hmm. that where I live all the time and two people especially come to mind that I can call anytime, one of them being my ex-husband and say, I'm really upset about this. Uh, this is what's going on. Or I'm angry or it's not just like, oh, I'm so upset. Sometimes it's like, I'm really ticked off about this. This person said this and blah, blah, blah. And have them go, okay. And just like tell it to me straight because they don't, they just don't go there in their lives. They don't, that's not, they, they, they go there in other ways, um, but they don't go there emotionally um, like I will, either high anger or whatever. And we're not talking bipolar disorder, or, you know, things like that. Just the normal temperature of an empath is you are more sensitive and being able to go to self-parent and say, you know what? today is a day that I'm not going to make any life decisions because I'm not in a great energy space right now and getting a good night's sleep and maybe taking a bath or watching a movie that I really like or reading a, a funny book or so, anything to keep me out of the emotional space. Um, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and feel differently and then I can make a decision about this that's healthy. And it's really healthy to have people in your life that help support that because they know you and they love you. So those touchstone people, 
that have known you for a long time and have seen your behavior over this arc of a long period of time are so, so vital to maintaining your the gifts that you have, uh, the gifts that you have to give the world. I mean, we couldn't do this network, this mental health network, if we didn't have a whole bunch of empaths. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't, we couldn't, right? And we'd be a lot less uh, clinicians and therapists and counselors and 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 exactly. things like that, or, or you know, theology the, uh, theologians that are figuring out the world and and things like that. So it it definitely. And another thing too, I want to say is that for the empaths out there, someone that's not an empath can be safe. Um, Absolutely. You know, I mean, I think about like walking into a room. Um, full of people and there may be a lot of tension in the room or there may be something going on in the side that you're picking up on or, or the tone in someone's voice or the small nuances of the way someone's moving their face or their body language. All those things are something an empath is going to notice. Your non-empath partner over here or your coworker or your friend, you could leave the room, leave the party or social event and say to him, man, did you see this or did you hear that or did blah, blah, blah. And they're just be like, no, I didn't notice anything. I just had a good time. You know, I didn't notice anything. And you're sitting there like, how could they not see that? And and you can't hold that against a person. It doesn't mean that they aren't safe. It may feel unsafe to you because they don't notice those little things. But people like that can be safe people to be around. And we have to work as empaths just as hard to understand their world as we want them to understand our world. So things that really matter to me as an empath, just because they don't matter to the non-empath person in my life, doesn't mean that they don't care about me. It's just that it doesn't matter. And you have to respect that those things just don't matter. It doesn't make them a non-caring person. It can make them a non They could be uncaring, but that will show to be true in their behavior. Does I, that I have a perfect, see what I'm it saying? Does, it does. And let's give an example. I have a perfect example of this. My ex-husband and I go into a party. We're invited to a party. It's very wealthy people uh, that are throwing this party in a neighborhood that looked like that um, show Desperate Housewives. It was mm -hmm. one of those kind of neighborhoods, except ratcheted it up a few million for the houses. And the owners of the company that the party that they were throwing, they were really trying to const really seduce me and love bomb me into taking over a high level position within their company. And something just didn't feel right in my gut. Uh, but, you know, the salary was there. The I, I have spent a life of being constantly enticed by very nice narcissistic people. That's like my challenge in life for whatever reason, for some people, maybe they don't have that challenge. But anyway, this is another example of just, I was being wooed like nobody's business. And I already had a business that I loved and I wanted to keep going, but this would have required me to get rid of my entire business and devote all my energy into this new venture. So they invite us to a party and man, they were trying so hard to impress um, throwing every, there was no expense spared. I was shaking hands with the well-to-do and meet this person and this person and this person. And part of me was like, what the hell do they care about me taking this position? I realized later, well, of course, because I would have just, if I had, I taken it, I would have taken the burden 
off of so many things emotionally and physically because of the amount of work I'll put in because I'm a workhorse. There were so many advantages for them to have me come in and join this crew because they just wanted to party all the time. But we go to this party and again, everybody's being wooed. And I notice things like the neighbor is hitting on the nanny of the people throwing the party in the kitchen and the nanny <laughs> looks completely uncomfortable. And I notice the kids running and six-year-olds on a um, diving board pretending like they're stripping to music being played. Like just like the stuff that I'm like, am I in a movie? Like, how is this <laughs> happening? And every time I turn around, more alcohol is being poured. Like my glass was never empty. And I, so I'm getting, you know, perpetually drunker at this party, like what is going on and just constant manipulation, whatever. And Michael being who he is and is as my protector, because that's the role that he took with me a lot of the time is same I did with him, but he's noticing all the shady BS that's going on. I'm being love bombed and he's watching it like, Okay. He spends most of the night talking to the caterer because he said that's the only real person that was at this party. And <laughs> by the end of the night, I'm in the garage with the wife. She's smearing peanut butter on my toes and telling me, isn't it great? I'm going to have my German shepherd lick this peanut butter off your toes. And I'm three sheets to the wind going, what is happening? Michael <laughs> barges into the garage and goes, we're leaving now, Chris. And he literally picks me up and scoops me up and takes me to the car. Now our talk on the way home was me noticing all these horrible people cheating, kids behaving wild. And his was the, all the BS that was going on in the room. But there's an example of Michael's not an empath. I am. He was my husband. So of course he was going to protect me and our very different experience at the same party. And thank God I did have someone there that would come in and go, Chris, we're going home now. And yeah. I made the wise decision later. I'm having nothing. I told the company, I'm having nothing to do with you. I, this stuff makes me very uncomfortable. And sadly, a friend of mine did go ahead and take a position with the company and ended up giving them about 50 grand of her savings and lost all of it and uh. was pretty much destroyed later by staying with the company after I begged her, please don't do this. So those are some examples of, of situations where everyone in the situation is having a different experience, but someone there had my back and I had my own back and yeah. being an empath, being that extra sensitivity around things, I notice things differently than other people. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it goes to show the importance of having impasse in your life and, and having non-impasse in your life. You know, you hear about these situations where, like you were saying, people get duped for their savings or their life savings or half yes. of their life savings. And then this is a non-empathic person in, in their life and they just didn't have, um, they just don't have that sixth sense that says this is not a safe person to give my money to. Whereas right. they bring their empath friend in the first time they meet the person, they look at you and say, why in the world did you ever trust this person? And right. they're just like, well, would they seem like a nice person and they're successful and they know what they're doing? And immediately you meet them and you know, they're a snake. So that's why it's always good to kind of bounce your ideas off of each other when you're making big decisions, I guess. And and I think I, I found something 
online about boundaries that I want to read. And it's off of lisaaromano.com. So that's L-A-S-A-A Romano. That's R-O-M-A-N-O.com. And it's about boundaries. The first thing it says is it's not my job to fix others. Okay. So if you're in a room and someone starts to feel uncomfortable or something starts to happen, it is not your job to swoop in and soak up that emotion and free that person from their emotional distress. Don't be human value. Exactly. You're enabling the other person and they're not learning how to deal with their own problems and emotions. So it's not your job to fix others. It's okay if others get angry. It's okay to say no. It's not my job to take responsibility for others. I don't have to anticipate the needs of others. That's a huge one. That's a huge one. I think empaths do just naturally. You're always anticipating what someone else needs. It's not your job to do that. It's the person's, it's the person's, you know, responsibility to know what their needs are. It's my job to make me happy. Nobody has to agree with me. I have the right to feel my own feelings. And this is just a little meme that she had on um, boundaries that I thought was really, you know, really useful. So those are the types of things that that empaths do. It's just what we naturally do. It can make us really good friends. It can make us really good mothers, but it can also work to to the other side, too. Absolutely. And and we're going to get into, into this. This will be a whole separate show um, about what it is to be human value. Uh, because that's what a lot of empaths can do. And that can be a gift. There are a lot of healers, a lot of people in the healing profession that just with their energy alone and the emotional space that they create for others, we're talking mental health professionals, healers of any kind, that's what their gift is to offer this wonderful emotional space so that healing can occur and help be helped by facilitating it within another person. If we aren't careful, however, that energy can get sapped dry from us. So we don't even have enough for ourselves. So we're going to do that on a, get more into that on a separate show. Um, What I want to do for the last few minutes of this show is talk about just a few of the things that are happening with our network, with Mental Health News Radio Network. Uh, We've got 20, about 20 podcasters now that are, um, you know, doing shows regularly. We're growing. Last year was about building the network and making it ready so that we could then add more people to it. We A lot more people like triple the amount joined than what we expected. We've had to say no a few times um, or later, not now, um, a few times. And um, the goal still is to have as many people out talking and interviewing others about mental health, all areas of mental health as possible. So our, our goal is for this to be a worldwide effort, even though we have my particular show has an audience of, you know, of over 170 countries. I want podcasters in other countries joining this effort. So one of the one cool thing that's happening is um, later this month, we're going to be meeting with uh, Mental Health Innovation Network, which is part of the World Health Organization. They have a few podcasts uh, with mental health professionals in high conflict regions like Syria, as an example. 
and other places in the world. And we're going to talk to them about joining our network so that we can continue this mission and this goal and have this be, you know, coming from a global perspective, because I can tell you, and I know you know this, Melanie, from the show that you did um, with uh, Mediators Without Borders. So when you step out of the bubble of your own country and you look at mental health from a global perspective, this is why I love interviewing Dr. Paolo Molino, who's my friend in Florence, Italy, and why I love interviewing um, my friend Christine Louis de Canneville in Ireland and Sam Webb in Australia, and just people in different areas. You see First of all, it makes you feel very small because your problems uh, in comparison to what's going on in other countries, um, it's very, very, very different. And it also makes you more realistic about, okay, I'm not discounting the problems I have in my life, but I can not get so deep mired in the muck about them when I think about what someone else is dealing with in Syria, as an example, what is their daily living experience um, as opposed to mine? What are the mental health challenges that they have being in a high conflict region as opposed to what I'm dealing with in, in the United States? It just makes me um, a lot more appreciative and a lot less um, angry and resentful about something that may be going on with me because hello, look at what's going on with someone else. And I want to give that perspective to everybody, no matter where you are in the world. I mean, I think it's so important. I think a couple of times on our roundtable discussions with Dr. Paul Meyer from Meyer Clinics, he talks about being in other countries and how mental illness is seen um, in these countries. I mean, sometimes you're just completely um, removed from society when you have um, a mental illness. So th these things do, I can't wait to get more, you know, different language speaking podcasts, yes. um, just so we can start bringing to light uh, more of the issues that that are occurring all over the world, just not here in the United States, because luckily, we really are starting to work inch, inch, I'll say inch our way towards um, having less stigma surrounding mental illness because of all the legislation that's going on lately. And so many people are talking about it. Um, and so I think we're making a little bit of progress there. But in other countries, they're still at ground zero. And there's just no, you know, there's no, um, there's no help, there's real stigma about medication, there's stigma about going to clinicians, you're seen as being evil or the devil or possessed right. or, or whatever it is. So, and there's things that other countries deal with that we don't really deal with here in the United yes. States. So I'm excited about um, how the network's growing and that it is becoming more global. It's very exciting. And I love learning. I love learning about these other things because it does give you perspective. And, you know, hopefully that's why a lot of our listeners tune into the podcast so they can educate themselves and learn more and, and broaden their horizons per se. I recorded my first podcast. So that's all right. our listeners, that's right. My first podcast is out. Memoirs of Madness is officially recording and I interviewed Larry Rule for our first um, for my first interview and he wrote a book called Breaking the Rules so hope you guys are can tune into that and I'll be recording more shows soon who else Kristen who else has has just started Dr. Mark Leeds Dr. Mark Leeds who is a um, addiction 
yeah. uh, uh, specialist and um, he, but he's going to be interviewing about spirituality. He's all about whatever is going to help someone get through addiction yes. recovery and yes. get them to a healthier space. That's on the table, whatever, yes. if it's the box zone, if it's uh, meditation, if it's whatever it is, he's all about, all about that. He's so excited about his show. Um, so please tune into the rehab. Of course, you can go to mental health news radio network or mhnrnetwork.com right at the top. It says our shows, take a look at all the different shows that we have, um, up there. So many great people talking about different things. And please remember, I know everybody hates commercials, so we're doing things a little differently. We're not making you sit through a bunch of commercials in the beginning of the show or at the end. We're just going to say a shout out to our sponsors and please pay attention. It's kind of like, you know, tip your waiter at a comedy club or tip your waitress. Having sponsors is really what helps us continue to do what we're doing, which is advocacy. So I want to say thank you to zencharts.com. If you're a behavioral health professional that's working in a treatment center, addiction rehab center, this is the software you need to use. Also, my genetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com. We've learned so much from Dr. Dave Vigorist talking about how genetics play a role in mental health and how you can actually be your own advocate uh, by having this testing done. Um, so that you can play a larger role in your mental health treatment. Um, and also the wonderful Johnny Crowder, who is the lead singer for a band called Prison. They do so many songs about suicide awareness, mental health. And he's created this incredible program called Cope Notes, C-O-P-E-N-O-T-E-S.com. I get the text every day on my phone from him, just giving you something cool and different to think about to brighten your day. Um, I want to help him make that something that, you know, is used all over, all over. Yeah. North let me read, let country. me read the code note for today. I yeah. got it. every day you get little tips. So um, for instance, I'll read two. Monday was who's the one person you can really rely on no matter what, shoot them a text and let them know you appreciate them having your back through thick and thin. Today's cope note was exposure to heat can combat can combat depressed moods. Next time you feel yourself slipping into a funk, hop in the shower and steam it up. Your pores will thank you. Sometimes they're funny. You get them at all different times of the day. Sometimes yep. they're really deep. Sometimes they're really inspirational. Sometimes you get a picture or a meme. I, I love what Johnny's doing and these are coming straight from him. Yep. Um, this guy's humble. He's young. He's um, just doing great things. So I'm super excited about having him on. You can go to copenotes.com and sign up yourself to, to get those daily in your, in your text messages. All right, y'all. So we're back with Empowered Empaths. We needed a little bit of a, of a reprieve from the show because it, these are intense shows, but we're, we're back on our regular schedule getting these out. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another edition of Mental Health News Radio.